You are listening to the Noisy Narratives Podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here with Christy. How's it going? Hello, Debbie. I'm doing great. Thank you. Are you sure? Yes. She's rolling her eyes at me. Because this is part of our shtick. we got to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to be a good sport. Are you um, sure? Yes, I am. No, okay. it's fine. All right. I'm not it's feeling fine. very sporty right now. Well, it is. We're recording at the end of the day. Oh, that's true. We, we usually, we usually record, record like yeah. at 1 or at 10 in the morning when I'm happy yeah. and like ready to go this I'm is punchy to to mama bed. hour uh-huh. this is punchy mama yeah. hour right now uh-huh. yeah we're usually mm-hmm. so that's fine how are well, you how was your day good it was good productive which i love i love productive. oh that's good yeah it's awesome productive that's good. well and we have some guests with us that we're super excited to have mm-hmm. and i bet they're night owls are I'm y'all just night guessing owls? are y'all night owls negative no i'm not, not at all you're Approaching my bedtime. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm only a night owl when I have to be. You're destroying all my like NYPD blue like <laughs> thoughts of what <laughs> cops are. Day, oh, yeah. you know, I did 12 years of that, and uh, I know no more. I no desire to do that night again. Night shift is is a young man's game. <laughs> <laughs> they're saying they're not young men. They're not young men. No, okay, no. so let's introduce them. This we is Tony and Brandon from Catfish Cops. Indeed. Is their podcast? Yeah. Yep. But y'all have more to that because that's kind of your history. What you've been doing, your background enabled you to launch that podcast. Can I read what their podcast yes, says? The intro? Okay. Uh-oh. So their podcast, this is what you have this online. So I read this. this you've written this. One of you two. You, somebody did. I wrote it. Yeah. Okay. So your podcast delves into the stories of internet predators attempting to lure kids into their sexual traps. You, the hosts, are two current law enforcement detectives who hunt predators and bring them to justice. Yes. Does that, that still apply that to still both applies. of you? That is a yes. very accurate statement. Okay. So, so expand so... on your background. Yeah. Give us who, your deeds. Who do you want first? Go ahead. Go ahead. Me? Tell, tell your voice, too, so people know your name and voice. My name is Tony Godwin. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I have worked for a, I would say, moderately large uh agency here in North Texas for the last 28 years. Uh, Prior to that, I was in the military. I served five years in the Army, and I was a cop in the military, Uh, worked investigations there. And so uh, when I got hired on, I did regular patrol work. I worked late nights for 12 years. Um, Vampire hours, we call them. Uh, Had the most absolute fun that you could possibly have because it's uh, the coolest job on the planet. Like, where else at a young age wow. do they give you, you know, a car, a gun, a badge, a nightstick, a flashlight, and pepper taser. spray? Taser. Oh, we didn't have tasers what? back then. They didn't. They didn't exist back then. I'm, I'm a dinosaur here. Okay, sorry. Uh, and so, you know, and then they unleash you they on the city. A, they had a revolver when you started. <laughs> I'm not quite that much of a dinosaur. Yeah, I worked late nights for 12 years, and then I got an opportunity to come inside. Uh, as a detective, I worked in kid crimes. I've been in kid crimes the whole time. Uh, so I worked a couple years as what we would call a case-carrying detective. So 
uh, you know, when a parent makes a report or a child makes an outcry and police get involved or CPS is aware of some sort of situation and they make a police report, um, that report gets assigned to a detective. And that's what I did for a few years, um, was kind of honing my skills doing that. I enjoyed it. I'm a father. I have uh, three girls and one boy. And so to me, it was putting people away that needed to be put away. Like what's they're the most vulnerable part of our society. And so then I did a short stint. I was asked to move over to our capers unit and work uh, robberies and homicides for a year. Capers. Capers is, is what it's called. Crimes against persons. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Capes. <laughs> yeah. okay, capers is what it's called. And so I worked uh, primarily robberies, ag robbery crews and stuff like that. But I helped out on a bunch of homicides and uh, unattended deaths and, other horrible atrocities that happen in the Metroplex. And I did that as a favor, actually, uh, to a chief who was my division chief at the time, who eventually became Brandon's uh, full-time head chief. Um, and he asked me, but because I, I always had an interest in moving into ICAC, and ICAC is Internet Crimes Against Children, and that's where I've been for the past 15 years or so. And I often say when I do presentations, I'm the I'm the sexiest 12-year-old girl online while I don't quite look it. Uh, you know I, how to pay, behave that way online. I absolutely know how to behave I say we're way. the ugliest kids on the internet. <laughs> okay, so that's vastly different. So yes. this is Brandon. This is Brandon. So Brandon, explain your background. That's great. Uh, my name is Brandon Poor. I uh, have been at, I would say, probably close to the same size agency for um, just over about 15 years. Uh, I came from doing my undergraduate and graduate studies in music, so I kind of switched oh, over wow. um, and changed over completely. What? How yeah. did that? I know. Oh, it that's was another a, podcast, it's my, I guess. That's intriguing. <laughs> oh, no. Ask more questions. So my, yeah. <laughs> ask more. My wife calls it a bait and switch. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Your poor did wife. she marry you as a music person? She did. She married me as a singer. And then, and then, and then stayed with you as a and then was police officer. To have what kind of singer were you? As an opera singer. That's right. Wow. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah, so okay. That. You may have to let one lose by the time before <laughs> no, we're done here. Done <laughs> he would be happy to do that. It would not be a good day. But I joined um, the police department and um, worked for several years doing the same thing in in the patrol realm. We've done I've done all sorts of the shifts, um, different shift schedules, uh, and it really was a blast. It's as much fun as you think it would be, as far as like you feel like you're doing something that matters. Um, uh, and then, I, as though I couldn't do something that mattered even more, uh, I feel like going up to work child crimes was just the best as far as being able to make like you really are saving to me the most vulnerable innocent people mm -hmm. in the world they are truly the innocent victims that we have as police officers you know they don't bring on any of the things mm -hmm. that even maybe an adult you might say and not that people bring on crime but as far as a child victim they are completely totally the most innocent victim we can work for um, and so the first two and a half years or so, I worked child crimes, um, carrying cases of child sexual assault, physical assault, and um, child homicide and death. So we, you know, once once you get into it, you realize, you know, you only have to go to 
a certain number of child autopsies before mm. you know whether you can handle it or not you know your yep. first one is pretty much the the one that says whether you can handle it and it was sort of one of those um i would say we're uniquely equipped because we it is terrible it's it's a horribly difficult topic and and something to deal in but it's got to be done and if you have people that care enough about it to put everything they can into it and not be grossly affected by mm-hmm. it, then that's our hope is to to be able to work those as long as possible. Uh, so after a few years, we started, um, I started our ICAC unit at our, at our agency coming out of the child crimes, um, which I think if anyone knows us, we've, we've talked a lot about, we believe in the approach to internet and online crimes against children that is based on victim-focused advocacy. So we believe in the multidisciplinary approach um, to child crime so that we are focusing on the victim first mm-hmm. and prosecution second, you know? So um, that's sort of our- Is that our, different than other other ways to handle it? Like, well, is this innovative I, or is this just a- I think, I don't know that we're innovative. I think that, no. you know, the way we feel is best worked is if, if we're looking at an online crime against a child, it's not a like if we're posing as a kid online, you know, arresting. Which y'all do that a lot. Which we yes. do a lot. Yeah, that's a Every big day. component of our. They of our they're job. sitting here and they have phones. Yeah. <laughs> our listeners can't, but they have phones. And so earlier we were joking about one's your personal phone and then we have one personal is, and a few work phones. Yes, yeah, and one, a few work phones to have those constant conversations with people. To be realistic, we have to do that. You know, I mean, and that's one of the. Uh, the short sides of like people's people within our own agencies and other agencies because Brandon and I go teach all over the U.S. and we teach international now um, and we go and we teach other law enforcement agencies how to do the job that we do. Um, there is training that's available. It's just far and few between when you can go and when you can attend. And so we have uh, sort of harnessed, uh, you know, a a good working knowledge of how to do these cases. We were very strict about the rules. We have very stringent rules that we follow and we maintain. And, you know, not that there's places that don't follow those rules. It's there's places that don't know those rules. And so they see the, they see the highlight. They see something on TV that to catch a predator show. And they're like, Oh, I could do that. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But they don't have any training to do that. And so there's a a really inherent danger that goes along with it. So, well, and sometimes we see with that, with the excitement of catching someone online, posing as a kid, that's the end of it. And that's where we sort of differ from those, those people that do that where that's not the end of it for us. That's sort of like... Great, kind of a you have to put a case together. Well, and someone someone thought I was a kid. In the end, if I that's all we put in our case, then, you know, the argument is made, and it has been made frequently. Many times. That is great. They didn't meet a kid. They just met you as a, as a cop. So what's uh-huh. the real harm? And so we know that if they've met us as a kid... 
99.9% of the time they have talked, at very least talked with real kids. They've probably received, you know, sexually explicit images and videos from kids. They may have met another child for a sexual purpose on, uh, in real life. And so for us, the beginning of the investigation starts there. We are at then the tasked with yeah. finding who are their real victims. And then, and that's the victim-centered approach. That and that I, at that, least can open up some probable cause stuff for you guys, right? As far as being able to get oh, it, warrants for things that maybe you couldn't have unless you talked to you lot. online. I mean, that's our focus is like finding those victims mm -hmm. and then ultimately getting those victims to restorative help, therapy yes. and counseling and 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 into... that's the goal. And if you if you spike the ball at the arrest and do the high fives, like we got them, we got them, how great, how cool, how awesome. Yeah, that is great and that is cool. But that's when your investigation begins. And that's the way we teach. That's the way we train. That's the way we Which work. Which a lot more work sometimes. It's a lot more work. <laughs> I say it's a ton more, but it helps society and helps like these young kids work through all that because yeah. they're so Well, hurt. we see in our system Ugh. now, like if they meet us and we arrest them and they go to court, they're going to get probation generally. If Even if they thought it was a kid. Mm -hmm. If we find the real kids they're talking to, we can show this is not a one-off. This is a pattern. As we know it is with, mm -hmm. with sexual interest in children offenders, we know it's a pattern. And if it's a pattern, then we show that, then we show how truly dangerous to society they are, and there's a chance we actually get them off the street where they can't do it again. So do you find, you guys kind of said something earlier that, um, is that you're able to kind of compartmentalize in a lot of ways. You're like, this is good work we do. Somebody has to do it. Are you going to their personal life now? Yeah, well, yeah. I know. Bit. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go back to chat rooms yes, and all the other stuff. Yes, all this stuff, too. But I do want to ask that. Okay, good. I do. Just because um, I worked in that world for a while before I was here. I worked mm. in a shelter for abused kids and runaways. Um, I was at Gainesville Detention Center for a summer. A lot of those juveniles out there, the yeah. boys are victims themselves. Right. Um, of things. And so I found that just as a whole to be hard to go home with. So when you're, I don't know, I just me personally would have a hard time right. living in that world all the time. There are times when it's difficult. So I mean, do you, so what are coping, like, parents. so do you, and as parents, I'm thinking, so I think you could be, I know when I was in that world all the time, I did have coping strategies. I was also young and I didn't have my own children. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like now entering that world now after having my own kids would be harder. So for you guys, how do you go out in the world each day and not like put a massive gate or fence brick wall around wall. your kids oh, it's there. and respond out of fear yeah, like constantly. There. Don't, don't mistake. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that always there. there. That gate is there. So, when, so do you guys feel like personally you over build the wall for your kids sometimes or do you feel like I mean, you I found a balance? You, you know, Brandon's uh, kids are younger than mine and, and I said I have three girls and one boy and, and all my girls are now adulting. Okay. Uh, my, my son is a teenager and uh, but they're very aware of what I've what I've done my whole career. Um, they've been a source of information and knowledge for me because when I started in this game, I had one in elementary school, one in middle school, one in high school. So like I always knew what was new and up to date. Um, like I always could just at a at a moment's notice know something specific about you know something that a kid in middle school would like. So from an intelligence standpoint, it was great. 
the coping side of it is this. Um, I know I can speak for both of us. I won't speak for Brandon. He can speak for himself, but I'm very grounded. I'm grounded in my faith. I'm grounded in my family life. I'm while I take my job home with me every day, I don't have a choice. It's with me today, mm-hmm. uh, as is, I'm sure, his is in his bag. They're pointing um, to their phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. For those of you that can't see us, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, but, yeah, you have to have external things going on in your life. I'm a, I love to do woodworking and metalwork. I'm always doing you know, creating stuff and drawing. Now, has your and, wife ever had to look at you and say, you're being paranoid, stop it? I could actually tell you, no. Um, that was like an emphatic. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, well, you're going a different yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have the same thought of what our wives yes. put okay. up with. Okay. Uh, paranoid, yes. On some occasions, it's been like, you know, you got to loosen the rein a little bit. Well, the answer to that is, no, I don't. Uh, in the sense that, it's a trust but verify. We get this question a lot with uh, parent groups we talk to. And, and trust me when I tell you, we talk to groups on a monthly basis, sometimes multiple times a month, uh, because we could make the paint dry on the wall. We talk so much about it. But that's what we believe. We believe that educating people about this Helps. is what's the going only to way solve we feel it. Will end it. Wait, you said trust education. but verify or trust. And what does that mean? In the sense of we get a lot of questions about, uh, well, are you the helicopter parent over your kids mm-hmm. and what they do and what they're seeing? And, and in some regards, yes. Um, for the longest time, I would have monitoring software on my kids' devices. And not because I don't trust what they're doing. It's the other it's, people, it's the other people mm-hmm. that are out there that I know will penetrate yep. and get through based on TikTok or Kick or Snapchat or some other third-party application where most parents have no clue or concept about those platforms. That's what we want to talk about that too. Right. Well, and and I will say like, I think that I am more, I don't know that paranoid is the word I would use. I think I'm more aware of what what goes on online. And so fortunately my wife, I've sort of drug her along with me to even more careful than I am because she sees what we deal with. And then she's like, oh my gosh, if people really knew. Um, I think it's one of those when you know what goes on and how bad it is and how frequently it happens, you you sort of realize that, no, we're not overprotective. We are just protective in the way that means that we want to prevent this from happening at home. We want to prevent it from happening to any kids in the community. Uh, and I think sometimes out of fear of overprotection, people get a little bit like, well, they'll, they've got to experience some things. And I'm all for experience. I, I think kids should experience the, the joys in life of being a kid. Yeah, absolutely. But that should not include the trauma mm-hmm. of abuse. Predatory behavior. Yeah. And so when, when you say it happens a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Is there percentages for that? Because, I mean, again, in the world I lived in, it happened a lot. Yeah. That's not the world I live in anymore. Right. So you guys live in a different world. This yeah. is your job. So yeah. you're seeing this yeah. every day all the time. Do you feel like if you're going to put that into reality of where the, the space where the rest of us live, if you were to tell a mom, it happens a lot. How would you explain uh, that to a mom? I would say how, who is the mom and who is the child? That would be my first caveat there would be like, 
how involved, how intentional, how protective are you in the online? If we're just talking in the online, online space, if we're talking online only, I mean, child sexual abuse, yeah. you know, is going to happen. Is online 90s, mean like Xbox, phone, yeah, like all anything of that. internet anything related? Like, okay, just so like I, I differentiate between okay. child sexual abuse, which in and of itself, obviously, it's an evil too that's out there. But that is like ninety four to ninety six percent of the time is a known person to right. the child. So, so it's more opportunistic as far as in the stranger the, generally. Okay. Online is almost the opposite. It's ninety six to ninety eight percent non known offender. And so when you're talking about how frequently how much is your child going online without restriction or without supervision? Right. How 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 are they using the internet? And that would be so. My the first more they're out. online without oh. supervision, the higher the chance or the likelihood. Oh yeah, guaranteed supervision of an in the sense of <clears throat> monitoring, monitoring or uh, putting software on there, making sure the or just being like my kids don't intentional. have yeah monitoring software per se. They have iPads and so they have screen, screen time. time is built in. Yeah. But I'm yeah. constantly taking their iPads. Yes, exactly. They know That's that uh -huh. dad's going to take my iPad and they give it to me. And they're like, yeah. here you go. Yeah. I know the passcodes. I scroll through the messages. Mm -hmm. I know who they've talked so to. So it's things like not letting them have them in the room by themselves. It's things like at a certain right. time of night, hand them in. Because right. this is my, when we're talking to parents a lot of times too, trying to keep up with every app, yeah. every inroad oh, around, you can't do it. It's it impossible exhausting. because people are And that's where I think the benefit horrible. of monitoring software comes into play because yes. it can yeah. send you updates. It can send you notifications like, hey, you know, your everything's kid was looking here. okay or your kid was spending and a little too much time here. for you what you may not have the time or the energy to right. do yourself where. So what's your favorite to... ones? What's your top ones that y'all like? We don't really recommend one per se. I mean, I I've heard good things about. <laughs> That's awesome. You're, gonna, you're, you're gonna not. Say, you do. Okay, good. We'll, well go you're both gonna sides. say Safe Lagoon. I would say Safe Lagoon. I'm gonna say like I've heard really good things from colleagues and friends about Bark. Oh um, yes. Life 360. Yeah. I we know, love has, Life 360. Uh, yeah. Our pact. Um, Verizon Circle family at home, right? Yeah, for there's your, all so your devices. That's why I say we don't necessarily okay. recommend one over the other because they're all yep. there are a bunch of them that have really good, significant positives. Um, it's just sort of what meets your needs as yep. far as necessity goes, as far as finances and things like that. But yeah, there's some free and some that are you subscription can't just based. Let them do that though, and just right. go. That you can't set it and forget it. Is exactly. what I would say. Right, right, it's right. not a well, I put that on there and we're good. If you're not involved, it's it's intentional. Well, I mean, to, it's parenting. To steal a, a phrase from a very close friend of ours, we wouldn't give the keys of a car to a 10, -year -old. 10 or 11-year-old right. and say, hey, go to the store and pick me up some bread and cheese and milk and come on back. Be careful. Well, well, and how many adults find themselves in trouble online? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we're asking kids to be able to, yeah. mo you know, monitor themselves right. when adults can't even monitor themselves. Right. So in some ways, there's a well, and kids are a so, place for that for sure. They are looking for opportunities to express mm -hmm. who they are, and they've done that now online. And in doing so, they're making themselves vulnerable in a way they don't know. I mean, I when we present, one of the things we show is how much information parents or adults put out online without knowing yeah, right. and how vulnerable things, yeah. they are online. Yeah. I can pretty much tell you that anytime we are going to find a bad guy to arrest, you know, any, anyone, honestly, Very generic, about, but okay. it is, yeah, any <laughs> bad guy, right? Um, 
we can pretty much find him online or her online and know much about their life without ever knowing them personally mm-hmm. because people are sharing everything about right. themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we as adults are doing that, it's likely that your 14-year-old is probably mm-hmm. putting as much out without knowing. And if you're not intentionally checking it and, and checking in really frequently and having discussions and open dialogue, then you don't know what they're doing. And that's where the danger comes. I mean, we don't say, we always tell people there's not one app that's dangerous. It's any app where you can communicate with another person. Yeah. Which is every app. Wait, I was going to say, it's all of them now. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. In fact, most of our cases are worked on on applications that you probably have on your, mm-hmm. your phones right now. I'm sure they are. Okay, um, I have a question for you. Uh, my daughter's friend, I don't know where we heard this from, but my daughter's, I was at, I was somewhere, maybe I was talking to someone with a background like you this guys This is as, as vague as bad guy, right? I know, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out on that, sir. Um, but she, they pretty much said online chat rooms. Oh, that's where I want to go. It's like chat rooms. We're gaming chat rooms, TikTok, whatever. Forums yeah. on anything. But um, they said, go home and ask your kid if anybody's gotten on and said, hey, send me a picture of your toes. Oh, yeah. Or send me a picture of your hands. And I was like, Number one, I'm not a feet person, so I was like, well, that's disgusting. Why would they want that? But I, I get it. So I went home, and my daughter's friend was there. And I go, and I have four kids, um, and so three of them were there, and then my daughter's friend. And I was like, hey, I just want to know, has anybody asked you for a picture of your toes? And of course, my kids were like, that's the grossest thing. And her friend just real sheepishly doesn't answer. And I was like, oh, someone's asked you about your toes. And she was like, yeah, they asked me about my toes and my elbows. And I was like, it's hard to say this without even saying her name, but I was like, yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah. But yeah. I would have never, I mean, I that was such great education. So to is go. this a random stranger saying, please send me a picture of your toes? Or is this like someone you know? Oh, it's or not like somebody it's, they know. No, I, it's I not promise you, it's not somebody they no, know. No, because she has a very big online presence on yeah. certain apps. So I do Okay, know that. so it's, it's basically someone who has gotten to know you through an application in some way or through a chat room. And they're just saying, no, no, not that they know you. You've posted something. And then they've just jumped on him and like, yeah. she's supposed to, all you do is post one time. And, she and got, you're saying, hey, can you please send a yeah, picture, send me a picture of your toast? Well, and the a, point of that is to a gradual inroad to other things. It's, is, it's, tell it's, us. it's tell grooming. Us. It's, it's uh-huh. grooming. It's That's the equivalent of grooming. grooming in person. That's the online equivalent of that. Grooming because, online happens so uh-huh. much faster than oh, it. Yeah. So in person, when we're talking about grooming, and I know I think your audience probably knows what grooming is. Yeah. Just Those, explain it. But, just yeah. brief Very description. Very quickly, it's just. Any sort of actions and things that occur, a predator uses, especially so in an, in an in-person child sexual abuse, they're going to groom the child to diminish the opportunities for the child to tell someone else, resist, or for them to get caught. It's a gradual progression as well. Mm-hmm. For in person, especially. Yes. In person, it's it because you're take building some a relationship with the yeah. child because in a way that they don't have it with somebody else. Yeah. Ninety percent plus out of the time a child is groomed, the parent is groomed long before. Yeah. The child. Exactly, that's right. And that's you have right. to gain access to yeah. that. Right. Uh-huh. It's access and availability is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. But online, oh, it yeah. happens mm-hmm. momentarily. Yeah. Like the number of times we have been approached by some online offender 
um, and started talking, it's usually within moments that they start asking comments. And or you're questions. acting like a 12, 13 year old mm-hmm. girl. Yeah, if yeah. We're acting and they're or a boy. Or a boy, I was going to say. Is it boy, similar with. I've been a boy more than too? I've been a girl. Okay. Online. I play a girl more than I do a boy. Okay. And we've been, we've done it's moms, dads, boys, girls, <laughs> all of them have the offender has one goal. And that is, yeah. well, two goals. I'll say two goals. Prime. The first goal is nude content of a child mm-hmm. that is self-produced 90% of the time I'd say 99% of mm-hmm. the time we're going to be asked to produce content yep. and then secondarily if the content isn't there or even if it is they want to have some sort of sexual contact with the child and it is the grooming like sexual contact tact with the child conduct hands-on offense they want to meet so in person at some point they're going to meet that's their oh, end game that's total not all offenders some offenders the spend their whole time online looking for nude images and content yeah. of children collectors and that okay. might be the end of their they don't ever meet a kid in real life because they're probably afraid of the consequences but they want that contact yeah. so access yeah. and opportunity is all that probably stops and, and i don't know how your conversation with that young lady went about the weird request for the toes or feet or whatever it was mm-hmm. but i would venture to say shortly thereafter there was probably an offer of i'll pay you x number of dollars I'll be your sugar daddy. All you got to do is give me a picture of your feet. Your toe. I've, I've had it. I could probably pull messages up right now and show you where mm-hmm. they've asked me the same thing. I'm like, you don't want to see my feet, bro. Like, <laughs> so is it when you when you use things like sugar daddy and those kind of, that kind of verbiage, is that common verbiage online? Is this what, mm-hmm. when they're talking to a child, a young girl, oh, yeah. they're introducing themselves that quickly as someone who can give them things they want in exchange for if they're willing to pay if they're willing to pay and the other term you'd hear is generous i'm not generous me or i am generous meaning i will pay you for sexual stuff Um, if they say i'm not generous then they're just wanting to have a mutual relationship not a paid so the reason because a lot of times Mm -hmm. and i'll be honest too when i've talked to um people a lot of when when we as moms are talking um a lot of times we're translating the grooming that is done in person to the online kind of world and you're thinking more they're going after vulnerable kids who are sad who want a relationship that's what you're but what you're also saying is the transactional part of it is such a big deal because so I don't even think what they're are going you guys, after this set. Are but I think there's both, right? What I'm hearing is that there's so many different there's ways to get at kids. There's, there is some component right? where, it, again, it's access, opportunity. If they see, trust me when I tell you, they would love to have the head cheerleader at the high school. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to go after the head cheerleader at high school if it's access and opportunity because she's surrounded by a whole bunch of people. She's very popular. Uh, you know, well known. There's a high risk of getting caught. But what and changes on what changes online though is is the head cheerleader that happy at home? Right. Right. Okay. So That's does was... she go online and make vulnerability? You know, choices that make her more vulnerable online mm-hmm. right. because of some sort of inner need or or you know sadness that's there. That's what changes online. In yeah. person, you know, you may not have that happen as an in-person grooming process because the offender is going to go after the easier target. But online, online things it's change. completely different. So then that's what I guess when I was, that's what I, I think what I was more alluding to too is parents who are going, my kid is, they're solid, right? I mean, they're, 
they're well adjusted. We have good relationships mm-hmm. with them. They talk to us. That's not necessarily Here, a the, litmus test right. for saying of how whether or not they're going to be preyed upon online. Here, here's as long as you that. know what they. I mean, I'll let you. Answer, I was just going to say, like, say, if you don't know how they are online, right. that would be what you need to check. You, into. you know what the barometer for me would be? Unchecked, completely unaware. Give me your phone. Let's take it to a f- facility that can dump this phone today, right now, with whatever's on it. No, there's facilities that do that. Oh, there's you know private uh, you know phone repair place. There's places where you can get a phone dumped. Absolutely, right? even if they've erased things. Know that. <laughs> but you, you know what? Even more importantly, let's say that you, as a parent, don't want to have to find or pay for that. Just go into the phone. But what if you frequently. don't know how to work it? Hello, honey, show me where you uh, are chatting because I don't know how to work this app. Well, it's funny that you mention that because <laughs> if you go to our website, www.catfishcops.com, forward slash resources, you're going to see a one-stop shop. We didn't do it. I'll, let me give credit where credit's Absolutely. due. We didn't reinvent the wheel. We Smart. have a very dear friend of ours, who uh, Sonia Ryan, who's in Texas now. Um, started the Carly Ryan Foundation after her daughter, who was 15 at the time, was the first teenager murdered by an online predator in Australia. Mm. And so she took that um, and made it into a mission of hers to protect kids around the world. Mm. And her foundation created these resources that give parents not only these are the apps and what they do, Mm -hmm. but here are the ways that you as a parent can educate yourself the way this app works and can be dangerous and here are the ways that settings can be set to protect your child in those apps so if you don't know the apps all you have to do is go to carly ryan foundation or our website where we've linked directly to those apps say your website again www together guys come on dot dot catfishcops.com forward slash the whole bit resources (laughs) and so like i'll give you one for instance okay snapchat yeah I'm sure you know what Snapchat is, yes. right? Yes. Do you know that there's a section in Snapchat called My Eyes Only? I it's heard a hidden about some versions. On some versions, not every version, but in some versions. I'm write that down. It's a hidden that vault. When I get home. Right? Hidden vault. Mm-hmm. Password protected with a four-digit code that's usually completely different than whatever it is to get into the device. And it in there, you can store all kinds of stuff. Wow. Not good stuff. Not good stuff. But the yeah. but the thing is, like, so good. you don't have to panic as a parent. That's what right. we want parents okay. to Okay, I think that's a, such a good point because yeah. if you're listening right now, you're saying my kid could be well-adjusted. I've taken care of my child. Yeah. I talked to my don't. child. I love my kid. Stay But I'm, Stay this home. sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. So how would you – and I do think the good advice you're giving, like, don't let them have their devices alone in their room. Don't – Even um, at 18? No, well, that's been their adult. We changed that in ours. I, I, I know what I do in my house. I was just going to let y'all weigh in. Uh, so y'all I, are the experts. I had this conversation with a mom yesterday. Oh, really? Literally on the phone, and she called, and I, I have worked a prior case involving her daughter, who at the time was a juvenile. Well, guess what? She's technically an adult now. She's 17. She's mm-hmm. an adult. And she's going through some similar things, and mom is concerned. And, and I said, well, all this that you're telling me is on the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, does she pay for it herself? No. You pay for the phone? Yes. You bought the phone? Yes. I said, well, ma'am, it's your phone. Get your phone and bring it here, and we'll get into it, and we'll figure out what's going on. And she's like, well, she's not going to give it to me. I'm like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm missing the part of the but communications. Saying, that and happens. it's no offense to her. No. But no. you're saying there the problem That's is right. you're not parenting. And I told her, and I, I'm telling you, I take the gloves off sometimes. And I told her, I was like, I can't tell you how to parent your child. I can't fix mm-hmm. 10 years of continual issues yeah. in 15 minutes on the phone. Yes. I can't do that. Yeah. I'm just telling you what you have, as a parent have the that right to do. That sounds really mean. I didn't mean to say it in a cruel way. I just say like... Those are the issues that we see. And that's why we say you don't have to panic. It's mm-hmm. not. You don't have to be, a, you know, whoever you have to you, be intentional. You have to be intentional. Yes. You have to take you steps. you got to lean in. That, that's why we're saying, like, stay calm. Don't. You don't have to learn every app, every device, and every place that predators go. You can't. I don't know how you can't. do. We, they we invent new ones all the time. spend our entire day doing this, and yeah. we don't know every app out there and honestly there are more and more that are popping up each day sometimes we're like right. hey where did you where are you chatting now because i need to go on there and chat and we've we've sort of stolen each other's places and that's why we believe the only way to do that is education and awareness empowering children to protect themselves online Absolutely. empowering parents to learn how to protect their kids and to teach their kids to protect themselves because really it only mm-hmm. stops in your home it does. and It's and not stopping outside of If your we house, cut off right? the supply I mean, of kids who are vulnerable, then we've given the predators nowhere else but to go somewhere and do something completely different. But I yeah. say don't panic because it's not a matter of like, oh, I've got to get on and learn every app. It's a matter of just being intentional, sitting down with your kid. Kids yeah. think that there's no way my parents know about this or Mm -hmm. know about this topic or have seen this so (laughs) kids have this idea that their parents are completely oblivious and unaware to all of the things out in the world that Mm -hmm. we know about right and so sometimes it's just saying like try and surprise me try to stump me like that's something i had but you better get ready what but be ready yes (laughs) yes (laughs) speaking a language that the kids see on their computers and on their screens speak right. that language at home so that they're like, oh, well, that's not going to shock mom if I show them this because well, this kid said this. And she the already danger knows. Of, and what we're seeing is, you know, pornography exposure used to be 13, 14. Now it's as young as seven and eight. And the yeah, danger I mean, of it's, that, it's, is, that, that is really sad. And obviously we know as adults there's mm-hmm. a danger to that. Mm-hmm. What we don't know sometimes is how to tell kids why not to do that. Right. And the danger is that that becomes your idea of normal sexual behavior. That becomes a normative idea. And so those are the topics yeah. that we want to talk about with our kids early on. Hey, this is what the world is teaching you. This is what we want to teach you. And if you have already done that hard work of talking about the things that, because the world is right going to tell our kids that we know better, your parents don't know, and if they did know, they would try and prevent you from having fun. Mm -hmm. And so the world's going to say, this is the way it is. And we want to say, we want to push back as parents and say, no, no, we know what the world is like. But I would say we we advocate for a couple ways there are some do's and don'ts for parents. Okay, uh, I'm taking notes. Go. The don'ts. Yeah, right. The don'ts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's different between moms and dads. Mm-hmm. Moms sometimes will feel like, okay, my child has brought this unsolicited, uh, you know, maybe sexually graphic communication to me that somebody on Instagram or whatever has mm-hmm. hit me up for 
foot and toe pictures with some mm-hmm. sexual content. And so the moms are like, oh, well, you don't worry about this. I've got this. And they begin to play the role as their own child, thinking, hey, I'm just going to help the police. Oh. And that's a terrible thing to do. Never do that. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, take the device and... Why don't you take it to the police station? Yeah, bring That's it to I the remember. cops. That's uh, yeah. Talk to somebody that works ICAC or kid crimes in that agency mm-hmm. so that the proper steps can be taken. Also, don't send it to another mom Absolutely and say, not. have you seen this? Now you're distributing. Yes, right. Don't forward it. Don't screenshot it. Don't put it on your own device so you can delete it from your yes. kid's device so you can hand the device back. None of those things. Because unfortunately, what you've just done there is made your own mm-hmm. device now part of the evidence the as crime well. Scene. Right. Yes. And so if you're not wanting to give up your own device, <laughs> that's yeah. an easy way to not be able to have to do that. Um, if a father interjects, it's usually very harsh, very angry, very, uh, you know. Abrasive. Uh, that's the word, yeah. abrasive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a very nice word for that, it. Yeah, that's not the word <laughs> I was thinking. My mental picture was not that yes. nice, but that's the and word. And that's. Right. And that's also a very bad thing to do, Mm -hmm. right? Give us the opportunity to help you get through that situation. Uh, Obviously, as Brandon said, you've already had some communications where your child trusts you enough to come forward. It's the parents who haven't had those intentional conversations, haven't leaned in with them to say, this is what we need to do if this ever happens. We'll get through this together. You're not going to be in trouble, Um, you know. Which is why I say the the conversation has to start early and it has to start, you know, on your part saying, I'm going to be okay to talk about the difficult things. And And that's a a, do. That's on the do list. That's That's on the the do do list. list. Because if you've had those conversations, then this becomes very easy. Like, hey, you know, we've talked about this. This is very, you know, very Mm -hmm. open dialogue stuff we've had. Because if you don't and it goes unchecked and then that behavior, like Brandon mentioned, becomes normalized and that that weird, twisted abnormal ideology about their sexualization and mm-hmm. and everything that goes with it, it leads them down a very bad path. Yeah. And if by the time it happens and it's now brought to your attention and it's already happened, you're way behind the power curve. And if it if it doesn't get put back on the right path, then um, sometimes we have kids that spiral out of control. I well, call them just shame and guilt i mean that's what right? I was thinking. kids start feeling that you know this is just me i've done this horrible thing mm-hmm. no one can find out and they start to try and fix it on them on their own and that's when danger you know mm-hmm. like that's where we see yeah. the real manipulation come in when a child has something that they feel like they are owning themselves and they've got to fix it and then the predators really can use that to just and we see just more and more down. of that uh, that extortion we call it sextortion it's a sexual coercion or blackmail where they start taking the kids you know to the path of if you don't give yeah. me more yes that's what they I said about her toes yeah. and then mm-hmm. they just progressively works their way from pictures from the toes up to her body yeah. and, and now they to have be like well i'll release this to your family yes. or your friends or your church yeah. here's a screenshot of your mom's facebook page totally. yeah. i'll do this i'll do that yeah and and kids fear that happening um, because listen, these kids today are attached to this yep. way too much, right? Way too often, it's this being the their... phone or any device, really, it... any gaming console. Oh, yeah. gaming is those. just as bad. Okay, uh, gaming's worse, I think, sometimes because yeah, parents expect to check the phone, but they forget that their Can kids you check the chat. 
on, on the, the gaming console. Can you go yeah. back and check their chat? On some things, yes. Like, some. I pop in and check my one that plays that, and I'll sit there and watch, and I'm like, I even read his book. Like, is he nervous? Is he nervous? I'm sitting here. What's going on? Oh, he's fine. Is he on okay, Discord? Or Twitch? Or like, don't, hey, the, 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 the headphones. headphones. Oh, yeah. You want to hear. You want to hear you what hear. someone else yes, is you saying. Do. Yes, but you do. Be prepared. That's right. Be prepared what you're going to hear. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, because you. that ten-year-old from across the world is not caring what their no. parent is hearing. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. dressed in a fifty-year-old. So we've talked a lot about just these in- online predators that kind of come after our teenagers. How much are you seeing teen-to-teen predatory stuff? There's a significant amount of that. Really, uh, child-to-child yeah. is to first of all. Interesting. What you should know is, uh, and the kids call them nudes. You know, nude yes. images. Huh. The oh. sharing of nude images between yes. one kid to another, mm-hmm. I mean... It's huge. It's just... It's rampant it's in high schools. Over 60% think it's absolutely fine uh-huh. and normal. Yeah. The statistics say that it is a high number mm-hmm. of kids that are doing that regularly. Um, so is that that is setting them up, though, to have an to have an easier mindset when it comes to sharing stuff online, too, probably, right? Well, if they're already sharing it with They don't realize the... Friends. the to crime. It, it is a crime. crime. That's <laughs> let's let's just go right there. It's yeah. a crime. But you know what? What kid who's fifteen I know. thinks about with another fifteen that being a crime? In yeah, fact, most of the time they're okay with it because they don't think it's illegal. It happened at our two our middle school and our high school, and yeah. both of my kids got an earful of like, "That's a crime. Why would that be a crime?" She just sent a picture of you know yeah. her right. chest well, region. So, but they're well, friends. We have to show kids. Crime too. It is a crime, yes. And the parents are tend to be as you, as you are saying. The parents mm-hmm. tend to be more aware and upset about that as a crime. What the kids have to realize, though, is it can harm their reputation. Right. Yes, it can harm their future. It yes. can humiliate them or be used to humiliate them. We had. Um, and often does. Well, you saying so when, as a parent, that's part of the conversation you have Those with your kids. Those are the kid. things that I stress to kids is like, you lose control of this picture. That's right. The minute it leaves your phone. Yes. And, and Snapchat even, they can take a screenshot in two seconds before it yeah. disappears. And, Don't and there think are apps leaves. that do it without even letting you know. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of kids believe, well, if I do it on an app that quote unquote deletes it, exactly. then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't delete it mm-hmm. and they should know that it doesn't delete it. Um, there are apps that keep it, and and one thing for parents to know is we often find those pictures on the phones and devices of the predators we arrest. We find those pictures where they've gotten thousands mm. of nude images from kids. Yeah, because one of one of the things that we I don't think we said in our intro part is we both do computer forensics and phone forensics for our respective agencies. So that's why I mentioned like. You, you want to spot check a kid, even if it's a kid you've had those communications with, you yes. get that phone dumped and you want to see the glimpse of reality, mm-hmm. you get it when they're not prepared for you to get it. My kids are so used to me taking their exactly. iPads. In fact, one day I go, here, let me have it. And my daughter goes, well, you know, I'd have given it to you, Dad. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yes, I know you would. <laughs> yeah. And they don't care because they are showing me things. They mm-hmm. are good with, like, here are where I talk to so-and-so. And it's like... It's just normalizing that normal. behavior so that yeah. it doesn't come as a shock. It's not a, you're cutting my arm off as they most Well, we're not have. asking them to do anything, quite frankly. Their dad and I wouldn't be willing to do with each other yeah. or right. ourselves or with them. Like, right. we're saying, my husband and I share our phones. Hey, let me, can I borrow your phone? Like, yeah. we will do that easily in front right. of each other all the time. I That's think not of, true of all people. Though. I think exactly so. Yeah. So part of what I was going to bring up too is 
I think yeah. part of the hesitancy is that example of, again, the heartbeat and the rhythm of your home, right. how you're pulling that in. As parents, what are we ourselves hiding online? Exactly. Right? And so because what the Because your kids are modeling what they see and what exactly. they learn. Exactly. So you know? what would you tell parents about that? Boy, you're opening Pandora's box maybe. But I want to that. open Pandora's <laughs> box. And so, so listen, you're causing people to freak out now. They're so freaking here's the deal. Out. Like, I gave some advice about Safe Lagoon one time to a group. And, you know, I explained to them. I'm like, this is a, a software I've used personally on my own um, kids' devices. As a matter of fact, I put it on everybody's device for a while. And I explained to this group, I'm like, listen, you're going to learn more about your child or your spouse than you may want to learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, one, you have to be prepared for that. You have to be open to that. And that's a if that's already a difficult conversation with between married adults, mm-hmm. uh, then I don't know. You, Why are you, you searching that? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking at that? Why mm-hmm. are you going to there? And that's not, you know, it. we joke about it because sometimes I, you know, when you're typing in a search to a browser, mm-hmm. I, I often think, I wonder in the context that I'm adding this, would someone know what I'm searching mm-hmm. and why? Mm-hmm. The, I don't <laughs> think that, you know, it's abnormal for someone to go, oh, I don't want someone looking at all of this stuff. That's not what we're saying. Like, you yeah. shouldn't, you know. You... Like, if you have a health problem and, right. it, you know, like you got hemorrhoids, yeah. you know, maybe you don't want your kids to know, you know, kind of a thing. Right. But it's but not the end of the world really either. Are all the ones you're picking, you're going, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I just okay. switched. I, 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 I was like, where's she going to go? <laughs> I got autocorrected to hemorrhoids one time in a text. That's why that comes up for me all the time. We get asked sometimes about That's like privacy. So what yeah. kind of privacy should my kid, because my kid wants privacy when they're talking to their friends. And I always say, look, privacy is for what you give when they're dressing and changing and those things, visit, you know, mm-hmm. in real life. Privacy online, you just got to make sure they know. I don't care what you're searching. I don't care, you know, where who you're talking to. Or what your friends say. Right. If it's bad language, say, I'll like I tell. So I want to see how she's going to handle this right here. <laughs> no, my thing is, like, um, with, it was when our kids started aging, language starts coming up from their yeah. friends. Yep. They were afraid that I would call a mom and yeah. get their friends in trouble. So yeah. the hesitancy starts because they're cursing yeah. on, in their texts yeah. and in their chat or whatever. So we had to go through that a few times of, nope, I'm still checking. Nope, I'm not calling. Unless they're hurt, in danger of hurting themselves or someone else. Yep, right. We won't, I won't be calling for that reason. But it took a them a bit yeah. of time to trust me with that. So there's also yeah. that issue, too. And then they also felt like, because these are kids we had known for a while, you're going to see my friends different. Just because they X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, that doesn't mean I don't care about them. Don't care about you. Right. You're growing right. up. You're those all going to have to make conversations, though. Like, yeah. those are maturing <laughs> conversations. But you can see have. how if they're filling the gaps themselves in their head, right. their choice is going to be to hide sometimes. Yeah. That's the default. That's the default. That's the nature right Absolutely. there. Yeah. So yeah. how do you tell parents, too? Like, what? So you would tell them just have an open conversation. And just be point blank. And it's not just what one age do you have that conversation? Yes. Gosh, okay, that's great. So when do you start? Yeah. What age do I mean, you start? You better this? We start say, this. <laughs> we say, I use this stupid analogy. We don't. When our kids are two or three, we 
brush their teeth for them, right? We, we handle the toothbrush and brush their teeth. And then when they're able to do it, we show them how to do it themselves. And then we, we make sure they're doing it correctly. And we watch them brush their teeth. And then we check on them every night, probably every morning. Have you brushed your teeth this morning? I mean, gosh, I still do it sometimes with my 10 year old. Have you brushed your teeth today? You, you know, your teeth are looking gross. Go brush your teeth. <laughs> we got to go to the dentist. Are they going to give us a good report card? Have you brushed your teeth all the way up into their 14, 15? You know, your breath stinks. Please have you mm-hmm. brushed your teeth today? <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you brushed your teeth right. this week at least? Mm-hmm. Those are conversations <laughs> we have from the time that they're little bitty up until they 17 or 18. And then we expect... Please put on some deodorant. That, yeah, exactly. Yes, right. All of those things, the hygiene things. Yes. But then we expect that a conversation about their safety or their online behavior or anything else that we're discussing should be a one-time thing when they turn 12 or right. 13, when we yeah. have the talk. And I'm, I tell parents all the time, we have a very bad mentality of looking at it that way, probably mm-hmm. because... Some of our parents didn't want to have the talk That's and right. didn't do it mm-hmm. until it was too late or didn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we have this idea that it's the talk, you know, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be the talk. It should be the talks yes. from the time they're little right. until yeah. they're. It's just so, part of running your house. It's it part, is of, part of yeah, being a family. But listen, you, you can have young kids, six, five, six years old on leapfrog, yes. leap pad, whatever they're, yeah, where they're, they're interacting. So. It's indoctrinated. These kids nowadays, yeah. it's different for us. We didn't have these when we That's were right. young. We had to go figure out things to do and how to do things. And it's and not as intuitive to us. These kids get online on any app and they learn it in two seconds. Yeah, because they've never had a life without it. Right. Exactly. And yeah, so again, we're, we're you know the internet dead horse, but the internet didn't exist multiple the way talks. it does. It is now. multiple talks. And multiple. the apps have been different from five years ago than they are today. You yeah. think about how long some of the big apps now have really been out. It's not that long. So we just advocate for children to be, or for parents to be talking to their children from the time age appropriate. Obviously you don't want to go to, you know, online predators with a four-year-old, but you can I talk. I when you say age appropriate, because if you have a, a large family or you have two kids and you yeah, have a 10 year old and a two year old. That's true. So I have a 16 year old and then I have an eight year old. Yeah. And so the eight year old has seen kind of how life goes yeah. as so, so much. So like even my seventh grader sees me. Yes. I lose my crap sometimes in front of my kids regarding their phone and what goes yeah, on yeah. or just life or whatever. So then but the, the other two are probably going to learn uh-huh. a lot from the 16 year old. She learns so much. And so as much as, and there's times that we have to be like little ears, which means yeah. table this conversation. Cause this is too far, but she yeah. still knows people are out there going to talk to you because she hears me talking yeah. about it with everybody else. So again, back right. to the point of just the just talking. It's just part of it. I have a 16-year gap between my oldest and my youngest. Oh, bless your heart. My, yeah, he was... Uh, it's a shock to the system. to wake unexpected. up. He was unexpected. Oh, that's Especially so your boy, I was going to say. My only boy. Oh, God wants you to have the a the same boy. thing applies in my own family. You know, mm-hmm. like my oldest daughter will sometimes get confused as his mom. Like, oh, is this your mom? He's like, what? That's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. People, but the same thing is applied, you know. Yeah. And again, our our homes are probably a little different because our kids are aware of mm-hmm. what we do and the nature of what we do. I don't hide it from them. Nope. Um, mm-hmm. I don't shield them from it. They all know. Those are different talks we had to have with yeah. our kids. Like, when this phone beeps, it's like, oh, dad, your internet boyfriend's <laughs> beeping again. Yeah. yeah. 
Our wives are understanding that, hey, yeah. we're getting texts from our boyfriends rather than, yeah. you know, that's do you not a girlfriend. Do you check that at night? Like, do you, do yeah. you have to go yeah, on? Like, just got three messages night, weekends. About... The texts, the texting, the conversations, what? the chatting never There's stops. There's no boundaries in your work life. Well, you have to think about this. If they think they're talking to a kid, yeah. when can a kid talk generally? It's nights and weekends because they're at school during the oh. day. When can we oh. as a as a like an adult profile when would we talk well not at work mm. or even sometimes at work but mostly nights and weekends so it's sort of like our it's day job happens and then our our after hours work is the chatting and yeah. and sort of in between but so have you ever talked to these guys after i know it's have you ever um talked to these guys after you catch them you're sitting there and they're like i know police are online i know it could have been a police person but i don't care it's just that much a part of what i want in my day that they're willing to take the risk uh, of you being on the other end, or do they not, honestly not think of there's that? There's a lot of there's a lot of feeling of oh, this could be a sting, this could be to catch a predator, this could be Chris Hansen, this could be whatever. This could be a, a catfish, a catfish. You know, the cat, yeah. Which yeah. is why terminology. That's why we came yeah. up with yeah. our show name, Catfish Cops. That's yeah. why our logo is a catfish. the hook that it is. Yeah. And anyway, so yeah, we hear that. And they even express that in the communications, typically right before, like, you're sure you're not a cop? Oh, they tell you, they ask. Oh, absolutely. So is it is it that the their desire for that is so high, they're the, willing to a, take the risk? Right? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, is it take, really? There's, it's sort of like willing ignorance or willing naivety. Like, they are willing to take the chance given the opportunity. Sometimes... We've had people cancel on us a lot. You know, those things happen. We've had people not show up. We've had we've had bad guys believe like, okay, I think you're a kid, but I don't want to get in trouble. Maybe we should do whatever it is. There are momentary instances of clarity and mm-hmm. then that whatever it is, the the desire is so strong that they're ignorant to they just wanna it could be a bad thing, but we're gonna put it on the on the back burner and the, go forward. The flip side of your question, I think, though, is after the arrest, after we're making, you know, ourselves available in an interview to them and their willingness to talk, uh, rarely, and I'd say while we do get a very large number of confessions, uh, rarely do we get a real true glimpse behind the mask mm. of the the predilection and what it, and the motivation. where it started and how, how many it other developed people and, or kids are out there. And and there's all kinds of things behind that, but that's where Dr. Burke comes into that's play. That's what I was thinking Because of. that's the tie because so he's, good. he is the psychologist. Yes. He is the trained professional mm-hmm. who digs into their psyche and, yeah. and through this long well, and they're term. they're not going to be complete. Even the, I can think of one of the most honest offenders I've ever arrested. His interview was like momentary into the interview. He was telling me like everything just in a way that I was kind of caught off guard because I didn't Mm -hmm. expect him to be so honest. But even he didn't tell me everything because we Mm -hmm. found the real victims Mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it goes back with Dr. Burke or Michael Burke. Michael Burke. Michael Burke. So on their podcast, they have. The Catfish Cops podcast. Yes. They have this. He's a doc. He's a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist psychologist he is a clinical psychologist who yep. has worked for the bureau of prisons oh, and the u.s so marshal service doing studies of online predators mm-hmm. and child sexual predators 
he has done two of the most prolific studies into the Burton study, the Butler study, but, yes, the Butler, Butler study, study. Yeah. basically studied um, offenders who were arrested only for child pornography mm -hmm. offenses, and then learning that they were also undetected hands-on abusers. Mm -hmm. Well, and then so when he was talking about that, he also said. Those people, because it's a sexual crime, but there's so much shame associated with it, it takes them so much longer to get all right. the truth out. Where someone that just goes and kills someone, yeah, it's right. almost like a badge of honor. Yeah, but they not, commit yeah. these crimes, and it's like shameful. Right. They don't want anybody to know. How taboo and well, yes. how much? How much is but geared around sexual offenses, but particularly child sex offenses. Yes. The 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 taboo nature of, and rightly so. I mean, they're, they're heinous, evil things yeah, that are occurring. But they even feel the weight of their crime on their shoulders. So then like, I want to ask you like a, this is a hard question. Um, how many of the people then that you arrest, do you think percentage wise, I don't, if you can even, if you even know this, um, are people that are around children and families all the time, like teachers, pastors, a, a student very ministers? High percentage. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, I mean, everyone of them, has the ability to be around kids. So how about is around them in their jobs? Yeah. There's a significant number. We I do would, arrest would, a lot of, I mean. I'd, no, say a lot of teachers. Well, I would say a lot, a lot of, of, we, we arrest I, a lot of, I always say that there's not a, there's nothing that says it's always this. Right. Like 99 right. point. Like the percentages can help you. 99% of these. It's the cautious brain. Well, it's, a, right. it's a male offender always, almost. Um, Almost always. Almost but it always, does yeah. it spans demographic and profession. It's not always yeah. you know, it's it's not always the creepy guy yeah. at the end of I was the block. Say, that, that's my analogy is we set our kids up for failure. We show them Freddy Krueger yes. and Michael stranger, Michael Myers, the stranger danger, the homeless mm -hmm. guy that you pass, oh stay away from him, look at him. The guy with greasy fingernails and long hair. We set them up for failure while those people clearly could be offenders. Um, or have a predatory nature towards kids, um, we should be just as cautious around the doctor, mm -hmm. the lawyer, the cop, the so fireman, the judge, the teacher. you're saying socioeconomic status all the way across. You're it saying crosses every, we every have We have arrested firefighters. We have arrested cops. We have arrested nurses and teachers, pastors, city councilmen, um, you name it, businessmen. Like, we have arrested across so. the board. Are you shocked by this? So, no. And so um, I just want to get border? on the podcast. Okay, I want people to know I'm not shocked. Okay. No, because okay. that was my experience working with kids who were abused yeah. and hurt. Yeah. Um, and so then. And it shouldn't shock us. Look at no. the Larry Nassers yeah. or even the, the, I mean, the, the Ravi Zacharias. And in our world, this, the pastors. Mobiles. I mean, like, yeah. we're, there's yeah. been plenty, um, unfortunately and awfully so. So then my other question then is for parents, um, what would you say are warning signs? They're going, okay, um, what do I look for if there is something going on with my child online I don't know about? I feel like I've done everything. What are the signs? You're saying big changes in behavior. Give me examples, though. Yeah. If you know your kid because you are involved in your kid's life, and then all of a sudden they start to withdraw and be secretive and be closed off and away from the family and they start to be distracted those kind of things like if that wasn't already there what about like cutting their hair shorter or dressing changing the way they dress it could be, could it be. Could, what's normal and what's not normal talking about like deceptive behavior i have to establish what's okay so normal more deceptive behavior. well what's normal behavior so 
in talking to you, if all of a sudden you, Christy, I know that just we've just been chatting for mm -hmm. a little short while, but all of a sudden you just completely stop talking and you start looking down. That's going to tell me I probably said something stupid, which is very likely, right? <laughs> but it's going to tell me something's changed. Mm -hmm. Something You have not been that way this whole time, and now you are. That's the very easy way to understand it in a kid. That's if good. your kid has gone from this to something different, where was the change? What was the point at which they turned? And where we, do we need to delve in is yeah. right there. You have to be okay. aware of what, what you see different, you know. We see TV shows and NCSI and all these others where crime is solved in 10 minutes. Exactly. And, and the camera can change angles yeah. from a parking meet. You know, NCIS. Whatever. And there's what like 20 is. of what those. What did I say? <laughs> I'll tell you They're all great. <laughs> anyway, it's the, you know, oh, you look down and to the left. And, and while that could be some indicator of deception, you wouldn't know that unless you have a baseline of, yeah. of what is the normal, figure, yeah. right? If I asked you, hey, what'd you do for your birthday last year? And what are you going to do? You're going to be like, what did I do for my birthday? Mm -hmm. what, your eyes are going to go to a certain place. You're recalling something. And so that's probably what you're going to do every time I ask you a recall question. Your kids are no different. My kids are no different. They do the same things. You said earlier, I don't have a poker face. I blush. I yeah. do this. I, I get flushed. Um, yeah, everybody has their own little thing. And so when you start to see changes outside of that normal, not just the snapping, the, you know, hormonal, hormonal, things. you know, it's that time or whatever. Maybe the haircut came from something that's going trend wise online or around school. Mm -hmm. That may not be a big shift in behavior because of something bad. Yeah. It may be something worth a conversation or a, a delve in and say like, hey, to what's going in. on? Why? What happened? Yeah. You know, what made you decide? That's an easy conversation. What made you decide to cut your hair that way is a real easy. And then, you know what? We tell cops a lot. An open-ended question is the easiest way right. to go. Not a yes or no question. Yeah, tell right? you, as a parent, your, your go-to should be, tell me more about that. Yeah. Tell me about that. Those mm -hmm. are simple questions that lead to conversation and not... Did you have fun today? What, mm -hmm. you know, how was school? Fine. You know, it's, tell yeah. me about that is. And, and your goal just, is information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just I heard somebody open. say to that point, tell me more about that. Um, when you're doing it with kids, let them know. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, so now kids one. are like, well, oh, you want to hear from we, me? We like are, it yeah. kind We're of affirms God's perfect them. creation. We have two eyes and two ears and one mouth. We should right. listen so, and, and yeah. look. That's Way good. more than we're mm -hmm. talking. Right? Mm -hmm. Twice as much as the ratio not. should work. That's, that's meant for Is you, that why Brandon. You're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're all looking at you. That's oh, awesome. Well, we want um, we want to have you guys here for we do parenting Q and A's here mm -hmm. um, after church where we have lunch in for parents and we do these presentations and then they have time to answer questions. So. We would love to have you here one Sunday for that after church we would love to, to, do, to do a presentation for us because um, I think this is super important. Well, we um, have a great podcast, I'll yes. say. We're much better in person. We show, we yeah, show PowerPoints and, <laughs> and, and we, we show uh, pictures and we give real world examples. I can tell from her baseline she was not being deceptive yeah. on that question. <laughs> she, she looked down into the room. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We want to come back. Sorry, I should not have said that. That was wrong. Oh, so we, yeah, don't we scare have, them off. We have faces for podcasts, though. That's yeah. not, not TV. Yeah, but our in-person is is uh, much better because we can not only tell real-world situations that we've been in, but we show. We will, you know, we have these PowerPoints with all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff that 
covers all the bases, but invariably it always ends up with lots of questions. What are so, some of the questions parents ask? Like, what's your, like, oh, we're going to go, they're going to ask these three. What, do, what are, like, the top three, if you can think of them? Which apps? Which are apps are the worst? How do, you, do I learn the devices? No, no. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, those are great questions. Answer that question. Which apps are the worst? <laughs> Any app that a kid say. uses. I was going to okay. say, they can't, yeah, they're like, they said. Any app that you can communicate with another person on. Okay. Because the every danger single is there. Every chat, yeah. we have seen the age range from five or six up yeah. to 16, 17. And if you say you see this app more than the other, it's simply because there's so many more people using it. Probably right. not because it's any safe or any worse. It's just that there's millions more people and on it. And the way that different apps work. Yeah. So there are apps that on a non-recorded podcast we would tell you are the bane of our existence, but that's basically because the way they're designed, mm. they're set up for certain things I to happen scared. more than I would tell you. <laughs> go well, ahead. go ahead, we're no. listening. Snapchat. No. I know it's coming is absolutely the worst. Yeah. And the reason for that, Snapchat, well, I've heard why cake is Snapchat bad. dangerous? Because it is designed as an app that does video and imaging and it's made to disappear mm -hmm. disappear and delete right it was That's designed horrible. to be deceptive i mean the so, whole purpose right was college yes. kids in college who made it because they wanted naked pictures of girls sent to them and they wanted them to disappear wasn't See, that the whole reason I, they made it and I, that's more than i know so yeah. that's i just know that it's so prevalent on mm -hmm. on some apps more than even others but every app at apps that you have right okay. now so apps dangerous. so then what's the question number two uh, typically, the ones I'll get relate about uh, monitoring software. Okay, question three. Because uh, it, it usually gets addressed during the presentation, but it's it's usually a lot of the what do we do instead of it's the how, we don't. How to approach. Yeah. Because back in when we were younger, you didn't talk at like I, right. my parents never talked to me about never. Ever uh, about abuse no or looking, a, and you, you didn't say no to an adult. To an adult like no. that, right? Component I was going to talk about a, a while back that uh, we moved on to something else. It's just the. That's Brandon's fault, by the way. Yeah, we need <laughs> that encouragement. What I was going to say is like we were talking about offenders and and uh, <laughs> you know what I was going to add is that the 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 part we haven't really discussed we've hit it on our podcast is the the fracturing of families of what yes. of when that comes about so magnify that if say the pastor of a church mm -hmm. is accused of something gosh forbid we don't want that to happen but we know it's happened and that accusation comes forward the overwhelming majority of people are going to be like oh there's no way there's not mm -hmm. him just like the spouse is about you've got the wrong Your guy spouse. my husband yes. is not that guy he doesn't do that and you know, when we then tell them, well, we're very sorry, but, you know, he confessed and this is mm -hmm. some other things. And, you know, it's a very hard line for us. It's it's sad. It's yeah. it's really gut wrenching yeah. uh, because we genuinely feel terrible because most of these people that are doing this, most of these offenders have families. They have moms and dads and brothers and sisters, wives and kids. And who so, really have no idea. Well, and the reason that it's it's really? so easy to... I mean, ask them like really, a question. Like, oh, they really have no idea. Oh, right? no Absolutely. Idea. No, it's a crime of secrecy. That's what I was going to say. It's a crime of secrecy. So it is not unheard of for no one. In fact, it's very common for no one to know. So if an allegation comes out about someone, like you say, at a church or something, the first inclination is, well, no, he couldn't have because it's a crime of secrecy. Mm -hmm. the, the offender wants to keep it that way. 
They mm-hmm. want to do everything grooming mm-hmm. that they can to keep it a mm-hmm. secret. And if it comes out, they're going to have groomed the community around them to believe that it could never have happened. It could never be the truth. They're such a good person. They're such, they're kind. They're, they're always at church and giving to those things are set up as grooming manipulative power things. And mm-hmm. so of course there's not going to be. And how often has there been a call out from a kid that's been false? I think the allegation, I think the statistic is uh, is between two and four or two and eight percent are false. What? But I would say, like, what we see. I one, say that like that's a good thing. Why have, Why don't we believe kids then when they say Oh, and I'm surprised that that's high. I feel like that eight percent is high. I feel like it's high. more like two percent. I think, yeah. and what we see is it's wow. mostly like false allegations are coming either from older kids in a scenario where they're trying to get out of trouble. Typically, self-preservation. Those are yes, the things yeah. that we see. And I don't even say false. I see that things have been pushed too far. But we see coaching, coaching sometimes. Lot, yeah. Coaching and like Going through a divorce, custody issues. Child yes, custody no, issues. I've seen that. Like yeah. more coaching them on how to speak bad about their other spouse. But it's very apparent. It's very apparent. Yeah, when you okay. when you follow the MDT process, that multidisciplinary team process, that surfaces very, very quickly. So this whole idea, the possibility of this false charge that will destroy my life... <laughs> That really does not happen. I'll say eight percent seems high to me too. Yes. I think it's closer to. But let's say it's eight percent. We still treat it like ninety-two yes, percent is lying and eight percent is truthful, yeah. and that yeah. is that's not right. We approach it from the wrong mentality yeah. because we don't want to. I mean, think about it. It's the most evil thing that could happen: the the sexual abuse of a child, either online or in person, right. and. You don't want to believe that that's, that's happening. That's right. You want to believe it's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. that no one, um, except for the horrible monster that we've got pictured in our minds, would sexually abuse and have a sexual interest in a child. Mm-hmm. That's false. But the statistics mm-hmm. show that it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's happening at an alarming rate sometimes. A majority of the victims never report the abuse. Mm-hmm. So already we're at a handicap of not knowing the abuse in the first place. So you do what you do because you're like a little bit at a time informing person by person, home by home, family by family. I mean, we, that's our goal. Our, our goal, goal is to end in. child We would love abuse. to end it forever. Um, I think that's what keeps you going. Like, yeah. we're going to end it forever. Is, we're going to be We will end it or we will die trying. I because love it. honestly, like, it's not... It's not even getting help for the victim after the fact. It, the goal is to never well, have that it is important. To, yeah. uh, that is important, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But to prevent it from happening, because we know that victims who have been through this or child pornography offenses, mm-hmm. we call child sexual abuse material offenses, mm-hmm. we know that the shame, the guilt, the I mean, just all of the trauma mm-hmm. associated with that is a lifetime sentence for them. Mm-hmm. And so if we can prevent that from happening in the first place, that's our goal. It's just like those intentional conversations you have as a parent with your child. We want that to be so frequent and so every day it's normal. And so what we want to do is we want to educate and make everybody aware so that everybody's eyes are looking for the same sort of predatory behavior. We want to remove the prey from the predator forever. And so if we if we all encompass globally, because this has no boundaries on it whatsoever, yeah. we all globally just encompass this and we put these safeguards in place and over time it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be, oh well that's just what happens. Like how can the women here that are listening that have a heart and their prayer words, how yeah. can we pray 
either for you individually or for your jobs, whatever? What comes to mind? A couple. The first thing that came to mind for me is, while I'm very appreciative, I'll take any prayer that anybody's mm-hmm. willing to give me mm-hmm. just for the hardship of what we see on a day-in, mm-hmm. day-out basis. That's obviously very difficult. Uh, but secondarily, I would say I want your group to be prayer warriors for people in positions of authority like governors and mayors and legislators and congressmen because we've made some efforts to try to change some existing laws to better those laws not mm-hmm. change well some changes Texas to, has done a great job to right better, we, we have done a great job in Texas a lot of areas Texas has done a really great job in child abuse laws Yes that's what I'm talking about They've done a really great job in trafficking laws and right now we're hoping we're to bring short. our online exploitation <laughs> laws up to the same because okay. online's changing a lot. And so right. to your point, I guess, Tony, what you're saying is the laws need to catch up. Right. Is that what you're Absolutely. saying? And there's, they just need to be strengthened a little bit more. Um, and so as prayer warriors around Texas, mm-hmm. I don't know how far reaching you guys get. Ours gets Really hey, we have people reaching. in Dublin. Hey, hey, I know. We have one in Cambodia. I love your sodas. Oh, wait, Dublin, Ireland? Or Dublin? Yeah, Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, That's if you're good, in Dublin, Brandon. Texas, and I love you got Texas. a good sense of humor. And just collectively, <laughs> for those people, people in authority positions, even amongst uh, you know companies mm-hmm. in these social media companies, to catch that that mm-hmm. wave that, you know what? This is not acceptable. You know, money mm-hmm. is money. That's obviously why they're all in the business they're in, but there has to be a line in the sand that everybody is willing to say, this is our line. We're not going to cross it. And so we all need to be prayer warriors about that because it's going to take that. It is. Yeah. To get that influence. I mean, how many years ago? And Jesus coming back. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We'll pray for that one first. We will. (laughs) But how many times did people say, wear a seatbelt? And then all of a sudden now it's just normal. And how many people hated it at the beginning? Uh, Yeah. And and, I mean, some people still hate it. But I would much rather it be so common that Mm -hmm. it's just, it's understood that this is something that will not be tolerated, will not be given probation, will not be given a pass and not be looked over and not reported. It will always be the thing that is the first thing to go. Um, I know. Secondarily, I think selfishly, we would always say like, I just, we pray for our I think our families and and yeah. the, and the officers we work is with is time that, consuming, and you guys have to do a lot of work, and but you've I got just people pray that we're you. able to do more as technology is jumping and advancing. It feels like we get a little bit further behind sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I just you know that we have those kind of things to help us catch up. Well, didn't y'all say like the predators are one step ahead of you, and the the kids are. One step behind them, which puts y'all like two or three, two or three steps behind, behind everybody. Typically. And I was like, and That's you know, a good this is this is a passion that we share, um, and you know, like I'm long in the saddle. I'm on a five year exit plan to retire, but I'm not giving this up. I'm not just flipping the switch and yeah. you know going to go build something in the garage. Well, I would love to do now, that. Now, somebody, so if if somebody's listening too and they want to help, do you, is it you guys probably work a lot with like Casa and. Um, Dallas Advocacy Centers. We work a lot we with work Dallas lot Children's with Advocacy. We work with Alliance for Children. Um, and they can volunteer. Those are there's volunteer there opportunities volunteer there. Yep. At those um, places. Poema does great work. There's okay. lots of individual groups. All I would say in that regard is 
do your due diligence about it. Uh, do your checks and balances. What are they doing? What are they doing with the money they're receiving? Mm-hmm. Are they doing it all for the right reasons? Because on the surface, and there's a whole component of things that we didn't even talk about, which we could do on a whole other podcast, because human trafficking is the buzzword uh, mm-hmm. that gets so much attention. And while it is deserving of the attention, there's a bigger foundational thing that leads, which is to child that. exploitation. Because yes. mm-hmm. every Ex- online exploitation does lead to trafficking. Yes. But trafficking is not always the same as it. They, it, they overlap. They yeah. are not the same entity That's a good together. Reminder. So. Yeah. We need to talk about so that. anyway, do your due diligence. There's lots of organizations out there, lots of resources that you can go, lots of places financially you could support uh, that are all doing the right things. Just do your homework and do your due diligence. There are a lot of organizations that are doing the work, but make sure that you are giving money or time to organizations that are pushing that investment And really doing the work that they're saying they're doing. Good shepherds of what they're receiving. That's what I was thinking. Stewards of their money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, guys, thank you so much. Yes. I wish we did. I mean, it's this has been awesome, so informative, and I know our parents are going to appreciate it. And like I said, we're going to have you hopefully in I'm person. I'm so sorry that Tony talked so much. I want to <laughs> oh, apologize. No, 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 no. <laughs> Send me your emails. That's great. Um, yeah, we'd love to have you back. It's for sure. And so, Catfish Cops podcast, if yeah. you want to find them. On all things podcasty online. All things. Um, they will be there. You guys have gotten a lot of traffic here um, lately. Yeah, we're, your... um, we're we're doing a bunch. We, yeah. We're averaging. Which we tell, we, we don't make money off podcasts. No. That is not a. But are you finding that parents are coming to you and saying, thank you so much. This has been helpful. We are get, people oh yeah. are saying this is helpful? a lot of very solid feedback. And yeah. honestly, that's, that's really like. It's probably the, the best thing that we could get is people saying, thank you for, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Thank mm-hmm. you for telling yeah. us and making us aware. Or even better, like, hey, you've made me aware and I want to go, you know, volunteer and oh, join in great. the fight. So those are yeah. things, you know. Well, and the people that complain after. that you don't do it, that's their way of saying thank you. <laughs> yeah. you when you get a complaint because you don't drop it, you don't. Yeah, you, you drop a podcast one week. Nothing. That's already being like, where yeah. oh, we missed you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been just so much. Us. Uh, forgive us for more far-reaching than I would have ever thought we would have ever gotten. Showing up in countries we would have never thought. Yeah. Fifteen hundred downloads a week. We're getting like what? Like we, awesome. we honestly thought we'd have twenty people for the first couple weeks. And then, oh, we said we'd only have three, and then yeah. we'd have our families. Well, we thought the three would overlap with your three, and yeah. we'd have five or six. But, so, yeah. we're hoping to get nine out of this yeah. thing, right? We're going to do good with nine. <laughs> but then people see us, and they're like, "Yes, yeah, stay on the radio." <laughs> well, we'll get to see you in person. So, to, in the so. spring. Yep. So we'll set that up. Um, well, thanks for having us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're grateful sure. very mm-hmm. we're grateful for what you do. Yes. For your Thank service you. to mm-hmm. our state and to our cities, um, and to obviously our to our kids and our families, yeah. and then just sharing just with your podcast your knowledge to a lot of us. So we're very appreciative of that because. That's a world that's difficult. And like you said, we need somebody to do it. So thank you very much. Thank you much. Well, Christy, that's it from us, right? Yes, it is. All right. Noisy Narratives out. Until next time, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Watch what happens now.